0: Yeah, find okay. walk the path. Yeah, walk the paths that other teachers have walked before you.
1: Ooh, nice. There we go. Ooh.
2: <laughs> hey everyone, this is James from Ludic Language Pedagogy, and today we are bringing you the first in an experimental set of podcast episodes, which we are calling Origin Stories. This is Episode Zero Zero, and today I'm joined by Jonathan Dahane. Hi. I'm also joined by Tobias Storby in Norway. Hello. Um, so yeah, we're going to ask each other a set of questions to figure out how we got involved in using games for teaching. Question number one to everybody. What or who inspired you to start teaching with games? Jonathan.
1: Uh, I just started teaching with them. Like, I started teaching language and the teachers around me were, were using these funny little games and I just started picking up on them. It was very unconscious. Um, I also started by teaching uh, Dungeons and Dragons to to little kids in Japan. So I guess my cousin who played D&D with me sort of inspired me to start teaching with games. Tobias.
0: Yes, so um, that was the the first person that um, planted the idea into my head was my old uh, grade school teacher. He was was just out of um, his teacher education. Uh, He was probably 24 or 25 at the time. And introduced uh, me and my other um, classmates to, uh, he, to, he used King's Quest V in English class. Mm-hmm. We used, uh, he used Age of Empires in, uh, in, sci- in uh, history class. And uh, yeah, and that, that seed kind of sprouted, I guess, when I first started teaching myself. Um, and I also I also had a few actually friends from um, when I was doing my own teacher education who worked at the school I started working at and were already using games when I started. So I thought, hey, I want, I want to do this. <laughs> this this seems fun.
2: Personally, I started, um, I, I was inspired from my own experiences um, as a learner through playing games. So I, I like a lot of people, played um a massive multiplayer online role playing game and i used it to learn a second language and that inspired me.
1: right on. so uh, let's dive a little bit deeper. so can you talk more about how you started teaching with games? like what was the start like? Tobias
0: Yes, so uh, my first project was actually uh, I had a first uh, like I teach at a high school in in uh, Bergen in Norway, and uh, my first project like ever was uh, making having uh, playing Dear Esther with my uh, first grade Norwegian uh, students. Um, that did not work at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mostly because uh, we didn't I didn't have the equipment available, so I just. Um, gathered all the students in the auditorium, and we played the game like just on, on the screen. And some students liked it. Some students thought it was incredibly boring. And the language in that game, as you probably know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a bit advanced, at least compared to what like average the average Norwegian 16-year-old uh, is exposed to. So for like, a few students, it worked quite well. Um, did not work for the most of them. Um, but that was a like lesson learned.
2: <laughs> yeah i think uh, just to 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 riff on that a little bit did you then iterate that into uh you, you learn from those mistakes and iterate it to to you know into a next stage where you weren't in an auditorium or maybe there was more students or a different game is that is that how you progress like oh yes and try
0: that's and so fail, yeah try that's, and fail yes that's a, that's the like that's the like the, the, the blueprint from my like progression through games and using games uh, to, uh teaching as a teaching tool Just beta testing stuff I have an idea I see what I tried out in the classroom I used like used maybe an hour half hour and a half tops if it, it, if it works then I I develop it in, into a full-fledged unit if it doesn't work I try to tweak it and uh, or just discard the idea
2: that's brilliant I love that thanks a lot mm. okay my own answer um, regarding how I started to use games I at my current university context I started using games by remixing activities in the textbook so there was a shopping activity that students had to do i would remix it into an rpg style um, activity where each group had a, a a character and they had to go and buy equipment so like a weapon and different kinds of armor so that they had a limited amount of cash And they had to go and buy um, potions, weapons and an armor and and armor. Sorry. And then Mm -hmm. they would fight between the groups and they would fight like using uh, English questions because it's an English class. So they would ask a question. If the other team didn't answer it, they got to use their weapon on them. And, you know, it was (laughs) uh, so that that actually there was my origin in, in using games in the classroom. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Remixing the textbook and Jonathan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I used a lot of uh, you know sort of language games, grammar games, vocabulary games, pretty naturally, uh, and, and then started playing around more with like uh, video games and, and board games. Just sort of throwing games in front of students and, and playing with them, and just seeing what we could do with those spaces. Um, I got involved in a lot of different projects, like uh, designing games with students. We did a ga- we put together a video game magazine about games in Japan. Um, and then through the sort of project-based learning stuff that I started doing, I started getting a lot more interested in teaching and pedagogy and educational, I don't know, philosophy and things like that. So I think the, then the pedagogy really started taking off. So that's how I got started over 20 years.
0: Okay, next next question. Uh, how long have you been teaching with games and what subjects and how often? James?
2: I have been teaching with games at the university level. For uh, nearly ten years now, actually. Uh, in what subjects I teach English as a foreign language, and how often? Well, right now, um, before COVID nineteen, uh, when you know, when when I could actually meet students and and play games in class, um, I would use something related to games or actual playing games every week. So, that would be. Mm. Once a week for a, a ninety-minute lesson. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So games <laughs> take up the 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 full time of my
1: curriculum, actually. Yeah.
0: Suddenly, I got very jealous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, how about yourself? Yeah, I've been teaching with games as long as I've been a teacher, like for more than twenty years. Um, teaching conversational English, uh, teaching sort of English for specific purposes like business role plays or international relations. I do like model United Nations with my students. Um, but for the past, I don't know, five years or so, I've been teaching at a university in Japan. Uh, but I am the subject is just really broadly speaking, like education and like transformation of students, like just sort of progressive educational ideals using games, like helping students understand themselves and helping them sort of transform themselves in society. Whatever subject that is, I have no idea. It's it's my students are interested <laughs> in gender and social you know justice and 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 language learning and becoming teachers so i do what i need to get my students to develop tobias how about you
0: so i've been teaching at um i've been working as a teacher at a high school in bergen for the past eight years or so um i've been i I teach norwegian language and literature and i teach history and religious studies um Hmm. i've been I've been using games in at some points uh, each semester. I try to at least use games a couple of times, but um, since the curriculum, it's not all part. It's not all parts of the curriculum that I managed to uh, find games that actually work within the, the like the resources and the time that we have available. So especially and at like the high school senior level, the Norwegian uh, the curriculum in Norwegian is quite uh, dense. So there's a lot of stuff to go through, and yeah, but I try. I try to. Use games whenever I get a good idea, for for it.
2: Um, yeah. Um, so next question: What kind of institution do we all work at? Let's start with Jonathan.
1: Yeah, I work at a university in Japan. Uh, I'm in a depart- I'm in the Department of International Relations, which is basically like a liberal arts department. So uh, it's very simple, right?
0: I we're still work and uh, sometimes I partly teach at a high school in Bergen. I also do my PhD at the University of Bergen at the, the Department of Information and Media Studies.
1: Wait, you're teaching yeah. religious studies inside of a media program?
0: No, no that's um, no and this no that's, that's the subject I teach at my high school I'm doing the PhD at my so my supervisor ah, works gotcha. at um, I'm doing some what's called a public sector PhD which which basically means that my high school and the Norwegian Research Council Council are doing like going in 5050 on my PhD but I, I'm still employed ah. by my high school I'm employed by my high school not the university which is very nice sweet a nice. Nice is the sense I I just instead of like teaching courses I suddenly th- like throwing myself around and start teaching courses at the university I just I just keep my regular teaching
2: job. Mm, Sweet, that's great. Cool. Mm. Um, so the institution that I work at, I work at a private science and technology university based in Tokyo, Japan. Mm-hmm. Next question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, how widespread is the use of games at your institution? Who else is using games there?
0: Uh, Tobias. So it's quite widespread, actually. Uh, we did. We are about a hundred teachers at my school, and last time we did a headcount, sixty of the teachers had used games at least once, not necessarily with success, uh, but yeah, yeah, I at least tried using it. Um, but there are, like I said, more and more like, games that are, are starting to become, into like just integrated in the, into the everyday teaching practices, slowly but steadily.
2: Did you start the revolution?
0: Uh, I, I was uh, I was complacent. Co- 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 what's it? Complacent? Complicit? What's the word?
2: I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, me. Um, how widespread is the use of games in your institution? Wow, this is a hard one to answer because... This,
1: uh, they love you.
2: it's a hard one to answer I don't really know what other teachers are doing in their classrooms we're very yeah what's the word we don't we don't get involved in other people's in other teachers business if you like so I I don't really know but it is a science and technology university there is a big computer science Mm. track fortunately they're not really using games in the classroom even though the students want to learn programming through game programming or using games. It's not really being used, so I'm trying to force my way into that department um, as a as a teacher. So, yeah, it seems like an obvious choice, I guess. It seems like an obvious choice, right? But no, hmm. I digress.
1: And me, uh, yeah. so there are some adjunct language teachers who are using some communication games, like some grammar games and vocabulary games. Um, even though I'm part of international relations, they're not using like Model United Nations or those sorts of international politics simulations. I've, I, I, but I'm trying to change that. Um, but nobody's using games to the extent that I am, I think.
0: So how do games fit into the institution or curriculum where you teach, James?
1: In
2: my own context, people can learn about my work. Um, it's, I call it Cotabarolas, which is the use of board games to teach Um, English as a foreign language. Uh, Kotoba actually means word in Japanese. So it's kind of word rollers. It's a bit of a pun. And games are the core of my curriculum. Um, So that means that in a 15-week semester, um, gameplay takes up four classes. And when we're not playing games, we're analyzing the gameplay or learning how to play a game. So a very quick Um, example of my curriculum is we take one game, the first week we'll learn it, the second week we'll play it, the third week we'll analyze our gameplay session Uh, the fourth week we'll play it again and then the fifth week we'll analyze the second gameplay session compared to the first and we'll also do a presentation about what we learned from the game, so that's how I use games and this cycle just goes through the whole year
0: That's such a smart way of of doing it, of, of like structuring it Thanks. That's, that's really cool. Device. All right. So it, it's John.
1: And J- James has written a beautiful paper on LLP outlining his... That, that's, his uh, that's coming uh, up speaking. on question 13. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Very nice. I tried, man. I tried. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> yep. um, yes, Jonathan. So in, in, yeah, in my institution, uh, I teach elective language and literacy classes and academic skills classes. And so I'm using games to yeah really tick a lot of boxes, right? So the academic skill work, the social participation. My I start my curriculum by learning about my students, trying to find out what they want to be in the future. And then I suggest games that match those, and then we'll play them, and then spend probably the next like 75% of the curriculum talking about games, debriefing games, analyzing social connections, and then helping them frame projects. Maybe using those games, like remixing a game, or or writing a a blog post, or like tweeting to a game designer, or something, or even like transferring it to something else, like like running a project using some concept that popped up in our discussions of the game. Um, So it's sort of a a, a, yeah, you sort of zoom in and zoom in and zoom in on games, and then we zoom out and out and out into students sort sort of social futures. How about you, Tobias?
0: Um so for me um it's well it's the unifying like thing would probably be um using games as just a, a tool for thinking and for asking questions mostly it's it's a way of yeah uh, no matter if it's in history or or in religion or, or religious studies class it's mostly like something to um root the learn to to root the learning experience in um in an ex uh, well in an experience i guess and a way to like ask yeah like i said ask questions questions stuff to think with uh stuff to do um yeah which is ob- obviously more specific when you come down to the individual subjects but yeah that's them. Um. as for the institution just to mention that um so back when uh, me and a few colleagues uh, started doing this we Pretty much got uh, like the, the blessing from the school, uh, from the um, uh, from the principal, principal and the others at the school's uh, administration. That do whatever you want, just to, because uh, yeah, they they trusted our judgments uh, for better or for worse. And the school was also it's what it was a quite new school, and they had this this strategy of trying to uh, do like use technology in 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 uh, new ways and and try to explore what. Technology in general can give has to have to um, give to to the pedagogical and diverse of teachers, uh, which is why we, uh, like I said, could do basically whatever we wanted, as long as the, of of course it was um, justifiable in a sense.
2: Right. So, as long as you hit the targets, the way that you get there yeah. is up to you.
0: Yes. We, yep. Which which made us very lucky, at least in a Norwegian context, because at that point, um, not all school administrations across the country were were that uh, positive.
2: Sorry, can I ask, did you mention if it was a, a private school or not, or just a, a general... I, it's a public school, yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. Mm. All right. Mm. Uh, next question, if you don't mind. Okay, next question, and it's me asking Jonathan. So, what roles This is a... This is... I'm going to timestamp this right here. This is an important one. There's going to be a little... Woo, 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 siren and everything, so... Um, we want We want to know... Jonathan, what role or roles, plural, do you play in your game-based teaching?
1: Yeah, this is really important for me. Um, and that, that role has changed a lot over the years. And in the projects that I'm working on recently, I, I literally have like something that I call like a mediation Bible. I know that's a weird word, but I literally have something that I refer to to sort of keep uh, keep track of what I'm doing as a teacher. And and making sure that I'm sort of inserting myself appropriately into what I'm doing with games. So like, um, I, I, I do so many different things. Like I, I design the projects. Like I think about the context and think about the goals, um, think about the classroom. Um, I'm, I'm selecting appropriate teaching strategies. I'm preparing materials. I, I'm making sure that I'm using materials as much as possible. Um, I'm making sure that like I'm reading up on games so that I can talk about games with students sort of academically. Uh, And making sure that I'm connecting things to things in culture right now, like, you know, with coronavirus, like, there are games being made dealing with that. So I'm staying, you know, sort of up to speed with that sort of stuff. Um, I'm listening to students, right? So as students are playing, or as students are talking, I'm listening, I'm taking notes, I'm preparing to talk to them about what they experienced and how we can continue to connect what they just did to their, their, their futures, right? I'm I'm modeling things for students, I'm correcting students, I'm asking them to repeat things, I'm changing things on the fly based on how students are doing things. Uh I'm talking to students. Sometimes I'm pushing students and making them do things again. Um and absolutely like just sort of keeping focused on those goals like making sure that that I'm focused on students transformation, their their participation, making sure that students are yeah, like thinking about themselves and thinking about what they want to be in the future, right? So I, I think for me, like I am more important than the game. The game is a great springboard, as as James said earlier, in his context, in my context, and in Tobias's context. But once the game is done, I, I've got to sort of take it to the hoop, right? How about you, Tobias?
0: So I could basically just echo what you, what you said. Uh yeah, because I, I agree with I agree with everything and, and, and reckon I I recognize everything from my own classes, but so yeah, I would. I'm the most important role I play. I think is uh, of, I, I guess, a, a kind of tour guide, or, or someone who contextualizes the the gameplay experience for the students. Because of course, students are a diverse group, diverse group with many ideas and thoughts and experiences and opinions and so on. Um, which also, especially when since I only use commercial like entertainment games in my classes, um, the way I frame the gaming experience both. Mm. before gameplay, during gameplay, and after gameplay is very important if they, we want to get something um, curricula, curricularly useful out of it. Um, especially since, uh, like I said, we use it for, as a tool for thinking and asking questions. So the kinds of questions I ask are very important, I think.
1: Can I ask, so I'll, mm. let me follow up a qu- second. Like, so you use the word guide. How mm. how do, How do you frame that for yourself because i think in some teaching there's sort of like the guide on the side and the sage on the stage sort of Mm -hmm. false dichotomy right it's actually the the best thing is to do both right so do you sort of fall off the stage into that guide role or do you step up on the stage sometimes uh, and say hey look at this you missed this come on
0: yeah i I probably keep one foot on the stage and one foot on the floor right on all the time yeah my brother because uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah because I, think I I want to like encourage that like, I, I want to want them to become like not autonomous but but um, I w- I want them help to help them help themselves uh, I guess uh, and and help them on the right track to, about how to think with the game and some students don't really need my help other students as, uh, interestingly especially the students who play a lot of the similar games we use in class they might sometimes just fall into the game, gamer mode. Uh, which I guess you could call it. And my 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 job is to, okay, you, yes, you can think about it like this way, but you should. could also think in, in terms of like moral philosophy and The Walking Dead, for instance. And yeah.
1: That's right. So yeah. Well, that's there, right. yeah, that's a lead into the next 17-hour podcast that we'll be recording next <laughs> month, right?
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, I'm going to quickly follow up um, roles in my classroom. Um I think it's quite important to be, um, and this relates to um, something that Fabio is writing. the the kind of game master in a way. Um, I think that as somebody that's using games in the classroom, we need to have knowledge of the game uh, ourselves. Uh, I don't mm. think it's important. I don't think it's useful to rely on students. I mean, it it can be okay that the student knows more about the game than you, but I think if you're using that as a tool, you should know um, as much about it as possible. So. That's something I bring to the to the class. If students are struggling with the rule book, or if they don't know a particular rule, I can I can help them with that. Um, God, I'm really struggling right now for some reason. What's wrong? I don't know. What What do I do in the classroom? I I make sure students keep on track. I offer suggestions. I provide just in time help feedback. Um. Yeah.
0: You teach, I help basically I
2: teach. <laughs> I can't think yeah. of a better word for it. Yeah. All right.
0: Which is an which is an important point, I think, because yeah, um, there's yeah, this yeah. T- t- tendency in some discourses on on like are using games is so different from anything else. No, it's re- it really isn't. When you think about it. No.
2: Fantastic. I love that you said that. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. a good teacher. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump on. We're going to move on to the next section, which is about so, the, the community.
1: All right. So, uh, Tobias, what teaching communities are you involved with?
0: So there, there's there, there's a list in here somewhere. No, um, we have a nice, uh, quite nice community at my school, with with more and more teachers uh, starting out using games, and uh, uh, new teachers at my school become being encouraged to try out use, using games. So. So it's a, there's a nice little community at my school, but I'm also involved with um, uh, I, me and five other teachers. No, Norwegian teachers are hmm. doing a Norwegian podcast. I'm involved with um, uh, the Playful Learning Alliance and the Good Game podcasts, and now there's you guys. Hey, hey, yeah,
2: James. Yeah. Oh, communities I'm involved with. Just, just this, I'm afraid, um, la- Ludic Language Pedagogy. Um, that's the one that I'm most involved with. Uh, teaching communities at my workplace, like I just mentioned, we're quite isolated. We, uh, we stick to our own, our own kind of silos, if you like, and we do what we want. We don't really get involved with other people. So I'm really jealous that you have a, a nice community at your place of work. Um, in terms of communities, yeah, online, I mean, talking to other teachers on Twitter, uh, I found out th- about the Good Game podcast, the Playful Learning Alliance, which is now called um, the Board Gaming and Eng- with, with Education podcast. So, yeah, keeping up with um, those communities and, and reaching out. I really do reach out and ask people, you know, like, um, I'm interested in going on a podcast. How about um, having an interview or having a chat? So, yeah, I think they're the communities I'm most involved with.
1: Jonathan Mm. and me uh yeah like James I don't really have a local teaching community um I I don't talk to other teachers that much about teaching or games where I am at uh maybe it's just a Japan thing I don't know Uh, but I feel like I'm sort of involved with uh other researchers and other teachers through journals actually like I think it's a very slow conversation right to write an article or read an article and respond to it like but I do feel like that's a conversation. Like that's how I take it, right? And so that's 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 part of my teaching community. Um, but then, yeah, like definitely ludic language pedagogy. Uh, I'm super active on that. I like to think, and I'm learning how to use Twitter. Uh, James is teaching me how to use emojis, which is pretty rad. <laughs>
0: right, emoji cool? literacy.
1: Yeah, I'm working on
0: it. I have an observation that I um then once again interjecting and making uh doing (laughs) Um, And i think i've only mentioned this to you on the slack but it's interesting it's it's kind of like how like the the agricultural revolution started like in many different places at independent of each other i i recognize yeah some i recognize some I, i think that recognize that evolution in uh the conversation we were able to have now like we've made. We have made several of the same kind of experiences and have the same. I, I guess um, I'm noticing the same attitude to using games as teaching tools. Um.
2: Actually, yeah, think- Tobias. We we often talk about um about what what is the what is the kindling what what is the spark for good um game based language teachers and I'm seeing yeah like like you're mentioning now I'm seeing a lot of parallels between our situations and context and and what we're doing so yeah. Yeah. Look, for example, the the one thing that really stuck out from your context is that you have the you were given the freedom to explore your own kind of teaching. Yeah. 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 And and I see that in both mine and Jonathan's uh, context as well. So in a way, we're we're lucky, right? Very
0: lucky. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. It
1: seems like there are a lot of sort of tinkerers in these different places too, right? Like if people do have the freedom, and just the right amalgamation of things comes together, and we play around with it, like a lot of game-based. Language teachers and teachers, game based teachers, seem to be tinkerers, right? They want to pull things apart. They want to see what works. They want to try things in the classroom. <laughs> they
2: don't give up, right? Like Tobias said, he, yeah. he did that class. It, it failed hard.
1: Yeah. Uh, in your own words, you
2: know. <laughs> mm. And and then yeah, we yeah. just learn from that. I mean, my first GBL, my, my first teaching with games, not the RPG one, but actually taking a board game into class, it was a nightmare. But yeah, we just keep on going. <laughs> yeah,
1: right.
0: there's, this, yeah, there's this attitude, I think. It's the grit. Yes. Ooh,
1: you t- you took it out of my mouth. <laughs> Damn it! I was just going
0: to say that. Yeah. So, next question. So, uh, to what would you compare your journey in the field of games and learning? James first. Ooh,
1: Smash Brothers.
2: Think... No, Smash
0: nothing, Brothers. <laughs> it's nothing like Smash Brothers. What kind of a journey, is it? Oh, what kind of game or genre? Yeah. Or... It's it's it, can a it, it can be multi It can be like a multi-staged journey.
1: decathlon right yeah
2: yeah (laughs) yeah i think it's like let's think of it maybe this is not the greatest metaphor but maybe kind of exploring new lands i don't want to come over all this all colonial or anything but um (laughs) you know you, you we are kind of exploring this uncharted field so it's exciting it's sometimes dangerous it's sometimes frustrating um, but yeah, it's always it's always interesting. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of idea of discovery. So it's, it's kind of mm. a journey into the unknown. Uh, that, that's how I'd, I'd describe it myself. If that's not too flowery. No, <laughs> but makes, Jonathan makes sense.
1: Yeah, my answer is really similar to yours. Um, so I don't have many hobbies, but I do like to snorkel. So I, I, I'm planning a snorkeling trip for the summer and I, I've, I've snorkeled a bit. And I sort of compare my journey in the field of games and learning to that. Like, there are parts of games and language teaching that are really relaxing and interesting and peaceful. Like, just just reading things, right? Or talking to other teachers or, or playing games with people and, and just reflecting. Um, that's just sort of being on the surface. But every once in a while, I like to sort of do those deep dives, right? And And, and whether it's like sort of the stuff that I did... Early on, like sort of like the the interactivity, sort of experimental studies, or project-based learning, or now like my pedagogy of multiliteracy stuff, like just diving into pedagogy, like there's that deep dive, right? Where it's it's rough, like you know, just marathon writing sessions and 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 not knowing what's going to happen next and sort of running out of oxygen and energy, but but making it back to the surface and hopefully you know having seen something pretty amazing you know at the bottom so i think i think the the sort of shallow snorkeling and taking everything in and then the deep dive i think is is what my journey's like
0: yeah yeah it's, it's uh... why I, I yes i can definitely see definitely see what both see where both of you are coming from and i'm very tempted to use the same uh, metaphors so i'm going to <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> but uh, but uh, its probably,
1: snorkel, it probably
0: snor- yeah exactly like free uh, it probably yeah it probably or to like use the like exploring the unknown lands i guess it it started out at least it it started out like as a as a uh, walk in my what i thought was going to be like, just a walk through my own backyard uh but i very quickly find my found myself into in like deep woods where the the terrain didn't always match up with the map so to speak there were some like landmarks here and there uh but yeah discovery and and, and uh having to make other like plot out a, a different journey that you thought you were going to do and yeah which i think is like crucial to to succeeding with using games because they um i don't know how why Maybe probably, it's, it's tempting to say just because they are interactive and they change depending on player input, but um, I don't know, maybe that's a too, too easy too, uh, an easy answer. Mm. Hmm. Easy answers
1: like are good, yeah. Mm. My question,
2: oh. and this is the last before we jump on to the next section, uh, question number 10. What
1: do you think new teachers need to start using games? What a tough question. Hold on. That's a, that's a tough question, right? Like if we, if we knew the answer to this, like the field would be done, right? Like, um, so I think that new teachers, I think that if a teacher wanted to start using games and, and they, they stumbled upon this podcast and, and they were gonna, you know, find this advice. I mean, I think ludic language pedagogy is a great place to start, right? There's a, there's a couple of good examples of how, Teachers who have, you know, e- experimented with teaching and games, have sort of come out the other side and and are sharing what successes they're having now. So going on LLP and, and seeing those examples and and learning from those is is a great thing to start doing it. I I think whatever you're going to do, I think you should start with the teaching, right? So whether you're, you know, very interested in a lecture approach or very interested in Sort of like v- v- grammar teaching, or in a, in a task-based or role-play approach, just start with the pedagogy and then and then see how games fit into it. I think starting with the games and then trying to tack on pedagogy is going to work less often. That's that's just my gut you know, mm. glib answer, right? Tobias. So yeah,
0: building enough of what yeah, I, I again basically could copy your answer <laughs> but Comfort, I think copy, you, paste. copy paste but I think uh, building on that I think you need um, I agree start with pedagogy start uh, and like uh, think think uh, think about how the game and what parts of the game you want to integrate into your teaching and in what ways you want to do so um, but there's also I think building on what we answered in the per- previous question you have to have a, like a um, exploratory attitude I guess be prepared be pre- prepared for. Um, um, you have to prepared to say yes, like you have to, to prepare to end, like embrace the the situations that you didn't plan on happening, but might be a very valuable um, learning experience or learning situations for, for a situation for you. So you have to be prepared to adapt your plan into whatever happens in the classroom.
1: Wow. See, like I would actually push back on that, and I think that maybe that's another cool. podcast. Like, mm. I I think that. I think that games are exciting, and I think game-based language teaching is, is really interesting. But I mm. think people are just sort of continuing to reinvent the wheel. Like, I think every, like like the, the metaphor you made earlier of, like, agriculture springing up in different places, like, I, mm. I feel like there are maybe hundreds or thousands of teachers who are trying this stuff. They do experiment. They do They do react. But how many of mm. them are actually continuing, right? And so rather than trying to oh, figure yeah. things out for your own context, like, learn from what other people are doing and reach out and connect rather than i think there's a lot of burnout right like you can really get burned out trying mm. to figure out how to use like world, yes, world, world of warcraft yeah, in yeah. class, and like oh god <laughs> things, right, right right like like oh video games are yeah. awesome we got to use games and oh wh- wh- how do i do it oh, i've got to figure this out really quick and then and then they're done right yeah so, so you... that that ex- that exploration as james said in his introduction like you can fall down a mountain and break your leg right and yeah, you'll never you never want to go like... hiking again right?
2: I'm going to I'm going to take a, a piece of both of your answers actually, and um, I'm going to say it's okay to start with a game if you have some pedagogy. Like for example, I was very familiar with the simple um, task-based language teaching framework of you know pre-task, task, and post-task. So I thought, well, I can use a, a board game as the as the task, and everything else will kind of figure itself out. Um, so yeah, like taking from Tobias. Um, being brave and exploring and being prepared to to mess up or for things to go wrong that's a very good attitude um but also like jonathan to have some pedagogy um, or some teaching ideas before you start is a great idea and Mm -hmm. then yeah iterate keep trying um for example my my current teaching style took a good two or three attempts to get to this stage um so Yes, it's okay to start with the game um, and see how it goes as well.
1: So, uh, moving on to Eleven. So, so Tobias, what are you working on now? And where are you going to share what you're working on?
0: I am um, doing a large project. My largest, pro- largest project, as you know, is a dissertation on um, how, how, how teachers are using uh, The Walking Dead as a tool for teaching ethics. Um yeah, sorry, so, uh,
2: you, said, you said teachers there. Does that mean
0: there's more yes. than one?
2: Yes, seven. Wow, there's seven teachers. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is yeah. amazing. Are you all working together then? Yeah.
0: So yeah, this is. Um, so this is, since this is like I said, a public se- sector PhD, I'm doing all my gathering all collecting all my data at my school, uh, which is yes, a rife with uh, like it's a minefield of of. Um, um, theoretical not theoretical but, but practical and, and ethical and uh methodolo- methodological uh, challenges because i'm like interviewing my colleagues uh which is uh, can be a it's not as awkward as, as i thought it was going to be but of course uh, i'm very close to the stuff that i'm researching so i'm doing a monograph i'm not doing an article-based uh research uh, the a the thesis uh, but i hope i hope to uh post, I at least share some some of the things I'm, I'm, I'm discovering as I go on on conferences like I was going to have two presentations at DIGRA, I'm sadly not anymore mm. of course um, but yeah, I will share it it'll come out sometime in 2022 hopefully uh, I do, will try to to post some some blog posts or articles or, or whatever as I go
2: Okay. I am currently, I finished my PhD last year, Yeah. So (laughs) I'm currently writing a couple of different papers. One of them is on the use of Reddit in the classroom. So it's using Reddit to connect students with online communities based on their interests. So this is um, from a connected learning kind of uh, approach to teaching where it's interest driven from the students. And they bring their own texts into the classroom and we use them uh, to explore Participation. So that's a paper that I'm currently working on. Uh, I'm also writing, uh, well, I, I finished now, but uh, I wrote uh, a small piece for LLP, which is going to be appearing in the playground very soon, which is looking at um, what game-based language teaching is, and it compares it to a particular genre of music. All will be revealed soon. Oh,
0: cool.
1: Jonathan. So I teach using the pedagogy of multiliteracies. In a, in a bunch of different contexts, like I have a seminar, like a graduation thesis seminar, where I have students for two years. I have like a one semester elective classes and I do workshops. And it's been great starting LLP because I've had the chance to publish a lot of that in the journal. And so I've sort of been clearing my desk a little bit of those projects. So go to LLP and read my stuff, please. Um, but I was accepted to speak to, at uh, the at ECGBL, the European Conference of Game-Based Learning. I think that's still going to be online, so that'll be fun. Um, and I'm trying to share things on Twitter, so and Slack, of course.
0: Okay, building on that, what would you like to do in the future, James?
2: Uh, what would I like to do in the future? So this is going to be a little bit of a meta answer. I just want to grow this this field. Oh, it's it's so lovey dovey. I, I want to I want to grow <laughs> game based teaching. I want I want to um, introduce more people. I want to mentor people. I want to have MA students under me studying similar topics to me. Uh, I'd like to help grow the field.
0: So John, Jonathan, what about you?
1: Yeah. So I think I'm going to be, uh, writing a lot of playground items for LLP. Uh, I, I've written a lot of papers and articles over the years. I want to play more. So I'm going to be writing a lot of playground pieces, hopefully with, uh, these fine gentlemen and all of our friends over on the LLP Slack. Um, I would love to do more collaborating with elementary schools here in Japan, actually. So um, our, I have a son who's in elementary school, and he's already talking about working with me and teaching other kids using games. Um, I, I'd really like to collaborate with some elementary schools and see if if the ideas that I'm working on can be applied to uh, places with, with, with more constraints, right, with different curriculums Mm. and and teaching backgrounds i i I recognize that i have a lot of freedoms here at the university and and i'd like to use what we're doing to solve problems and open up possibilities in other spaces so i
2: do metaphor there jonathan
1: what do you got? I think you'll like this. So you know about chip tune, yeah? How it's
2: it's very limited um, amount of sounds you can make. It's a very constrained and restricted um, space and all that. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's your GBLT as chip tune. It's working working awesome. GBLT into those into those hey. um,
1: contexts. Yeah, hey. Exactly, so right now I'm a symphony composer, <laughs> and, yeah, and, you, and you, next <laughs> I've got to get myself an old beat-up Game Boy Advance, right?
2: Right now you're a modular synth guy. And you, you, oh, you know about those? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Because you just pick and choose anything you want anyway. Sorry that's I right. took this off topic. That's but beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's
1: great, man. I like it. I need a t-shirt. <laughs> Metaphors keep coming.
0: Yeah. So for me, I would like to finish my PhD. But but after that, um, I would like, I I enjoy, even as much as I enjoy teaching, I enjoy working with my PhD at least twice as much. For now, I'm still in the honeymoon phase, I guess. Um, but I would like to to continue. Like, I would copy pasting your copy pasting your answer, James. I would like to help grow the field. So, plow the fields and sow the seeds, and
2: yeah, develop. Let's do it. Virtual handshake. Mm -hmm we're we the last last question we're the last question yeah oh it's me yep oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is a wrap-up um,
1: hey jonathan where can we learn more about you so i'm on twitter at jonathan dehan and if you uh, Google me, you can probably find my game lab at the University of Shizuoka where I put all of my teaching materials for the classes that I teach using games. So I've got like Google documents and curriculum and all this sort of stuff um, that I'm happy to share with teachers out there. People
0: can find me at, uh, on Twitter at uh, tobeofstobi, just my name, one one word.
2: Um, Hi, your work, is there, is there anything we can read of yours online? Uh, Can about, oh, what about the, the Good Game podcast? You, you had a great episode. Yes. yeah. I, this Me, is
1: all about uh, like Tobias, right? Like to, Tobias. The game, so <laughs> so you guys have all the social links. I don't. I don't have them. Like, yes, I just got a Twitter account.
0: Uh, we'll get you there. Yes, I have uh, a <laughs> podcast, an English <laughs> English podcast, uh, the Good Game podcast that I host uh, together with a uh, uh, gentleman called John Fallon. Um, so g- give a listen to that. if you want want to. Um, I also have a Norwegian uh, Norwegian webpage that um, I don't know how much use you'll get out of, but Google Translate is always a thing. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm on Twitter as at CheapShot. Yeah, it's not my name like these guys are. I I couldn't grab James York. Um, So yeah, at CheapShot. And you can find me on the LLP website. Yeah, so www.llpjournal.org. Find out more about my teaching there. That's a wrap! Hello everyone, this is James again with slightly better mic quality this time. Uh, Just at the end here, I'd like to say that if you enjoyed this episode, please consider commenting, sharing and subscribing. It's absolutely free to subscribe and it ensures that you'll get every episode of the podcast as they become available. Also, if you found this episode useful, uh, please consider sharing it with others. And finally, you can join the conversation with us. Come and join us on our Slack group. And the short URL for that is bit.ly slash LLP Slack uh, with a capital L, L, P and S. Uh, you can get in touch with us at e- via email at contact at journal dot Or finally, we're on Twitter at LLP journal. I look forward to hearing from you. See you next time.